0: Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. We're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect, and we mess up a lot. But we have been called to a mighty work, motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry, but we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mamas is a place where we can connect, laugh, and even cry together.
1: It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds us together.
0: Welcome to the Faith Mamas podcast. This podcast has been made possible by the generous support of listeners just like you. Become a Faith Mama sponsor and join us in spreading the message of hope, healing, and deliverance to moms across the world by visiting www.faithmamas.com slash sponsor. Hello Faith Mamas and welcome back to the Faith Mamas podcast. We are so excited to be back with you and I have to say we we definitely really missed you guys. We're so excited to have you join us today and we are ready to jump into 2019 with a brand new episode of the Faith Mamas podcast. In this series we're going to be doing something a little different and now I'm going to kick it over to my sister Dominique and she's going to tell us a little bit more about this series.
1: Awesome. Ryan, I have to admit, when well, you hit the whole, hello, Faith Mamas, I think I was about to cry because I missed you guys that much. <laughs> like I was like, yes, it's that time again. Um, Well, it is 2019, and Faith Mamas all over the world have been saying they are ready to grow, they are ready to be stretched, they are ready to dig deeper with God. I mean, literally, from countries such as Canada, uh, we have moms coming in from Kenya, from the United States, eight different countries, I think I counted, and all over the place, moms are like, we're ready. We're ready to dig in, we're ready to stretch, we're ready to go deeper. So the Faith Mamas podcast is gonna be bringing on some amazing women that are ready to stretch and challenge us. God will be using these amazing women to transform our lives and i am so excited that our first guest is Brittany turner founder of from him for home she's a very special near and dear friend to my heart so i'm excited that she's on but before he, i introduce her officially i want to tell you guys something really quickly about the bible study toolkit if you haven't grabbed your bible study toolkit make sure you do this is a way that you can dig into god you can stretch and grow all of those things that we have been just Yes, we're ready for the Bible Study Toolkits. have that and so much more. So make sure you check it out at faithmamas.com forward slash Bible Study Toolkit. All right, so Brittany Turner, she is a wife. She is a mom of two. She is a lover of Jesus and the founder of From Him for Home, a ministry that provides humor, insight, comfort, and community by providing a home for real people of faith To live their best lives now. Hello, Brittany. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Excited that you guys invited me. I get to be on the Fake Mama's podcast. I'm excited. excited. um, Nobody knows this. I'm going to just share. I, first of all, I stalk Brittany on all types of social like media that. because <laughs> the content you put out is amazing. It's always right on time. So I'm always like, ooh, let me go ahead and read. I see that she posted something new. So, um, oh my goodness. And if you guys have never gotten an opportunity to hear this woman teach, you are in for a treat because. I got an opportunity to see her teach live, and so I'm really excited to be able to share that with you all. She's oh my goshing, but I'm so serious. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so serious, and I know you guys are like on the edge of your seats right now, and I know you're probably like, okay, Dominique, well, then get to it. So I am. Brittany, I'm just going to throw it right over to you, and I'm knowing that God is going to use you to stretch us, grow us. Um, just take us to another level, and I'm really excited. And so today she's going to be talking about Joy in the Midst of Trials. And if that title alone doesn't make you shout, I don't know. You might want to check your pulse. Um, So I'm excited to throw it over to you, Brittany. Take it away. We are so ready. So sisters, we're going to jump right into James, Chapter 1. And we're going to read through verses 2 through 8, but I'm really going to be focusing in on Um, verses 5 through 8. And so one of the things I love to do when I'm studying God's word is I really like to dig into a bunch of different translations, and I really, really enjoy going back into the Greek or the original language that that particular verse was written in and looking at the different connotations of the word. Because if anybody who's ever spoken a language can tell you that when you speak a language, connotation can lose some of its meaning and its um just some of its weight when you translate something from one to another. So we will be jumping back and forth between two different translations and Greek, but don't, don't worry. We'll make it pretty simple to do. So we're going to start off, and I'm reading out of the ESV, and it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. for the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from God. he is double minded man, unstable in all his ways, and so when I read that. One of the things that God spoke to me as I was thinking about the session is just he kept saying joy in trials, you know, having joy through the trial. And one thing I've come to learn about joy is that joy is not this feeling that we have. I think a lot of times when we talk about joy, we talk about it as a feeling. But James here is saying something different. He's saying that we have to count it. Counting is an action, which leads me to believe that joy is not something necessarily I can choose to do, but it's the perspective I can choose to have going through life. So if I say I have joy, it doesn't mean I'm manufacturing fake happiness in a situation. What it really means is I am looking at the various trials and testing and everything that I'm experiencing plus the good stuff, and I'm choosing to see it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And because I'm seeing it through the lens of Jesus Christ, we know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which means that we can literally transmutate, which means we can take on the righteousness of Jesus because he exchanged our sin for his righteousness. So it's like switching coats. So it's like we had on this filthy, dirty rags, that he came in sparkling clean and gave us his good stuff for our bad. And he took that to the cross and gave us eternal access to that. So it says that when we go through these trials, we don't have to endure them as people without hope. We get to look through them with the perspective of Jesus Christ. But what always got me about this verse was the latter part of that, because I really feel like if you take um, a verse out of the context, then you're really just of people into believing what you want them to believe. And that's not what this verse is. This verse is written as a letter from James. And so all of these thoughts come together. And so it always bothered me that it talks about somebody doubting, never receiving something from God. And it unsettled me because I just really didn't understand why you know, as fickle humans as we can be, why God would keep things from me if I was doubting. And so I start digging in. And so I want to read this again, just verses 5 through 8 in the message version. And it says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry in their prayers, they are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. And so the first thing I want you guys to be encouraged about is that if you lack wisdom, so if you don't have the ability to see your situation with the eyes of God, to see your situation with his joy, God says you can come to him and ask for that wisdom. You can come to him and pray, God, teach me how to see this. Show me not just what I'm supposed to learn. Give me the right perspective. Give me your divine view. Because with Jesus' righteousness also came access to the Father, which means we could ask for his understanding, his anointing to see where we are right now, good, bad, ugly, in his perspective. And he says that he won't, he won't condescend you. And what that word actually means in the Greek, it actually means to reproach or push you back. He won't insult you, sister. He won't denounce you. He won't view you as guilty. He actually will not even view you as discerning of punishment. And why is that? Because he's already extracted that punishment at the cross on the back of Jesus Christ. So he's saying that what he will do is bring you closer to him and give you that wisdom you need to see this situation as one that can produce joy. You can't count something as joy if you don't go to the person who can teach you how to count. I have a four-year-old right now. And she is amazing at reading. But my husband and I were discussing how we really have to work on her with her math because even though she knows how to count from 1 to 100, she is struggling with basic addition and subtraction. And it's okay. She's 4. We're not expecting miracles yet. But we need to continually work with her and practice her math so she can get better at it. Sisters, that's what the Lord wants us to do. He is a good father who loves to homeschool his children. He wants you to come to him so he can teach you and help you practice that one plus one really is two. That when you are looking at that situation that's stressful in your job, what it's producing is something else good and beneficial in your life. When you're looking at the fact that you just added a child that you intend to add, God can show you exactly how that is a blessing and going to add increase and out your home. When you are wondering where money is going to come from, he can show you where his divine intervention is going to come in your checkbook. And so he's saying he won't push you back. And he said he gives it freely, generously. But then we get to this doubting thing. And this is kind of where I'm going to leave it at the end of this. It says, but if you doubt, you can't accept anything. And I think that's so crazy because God does know we're human. So what got lost in the translation here is this. The word doubt, actually comes from a verb, from a verb called um, decorino. And decorino actually breaks down to mean misgivings or wavering. But deeper than that, it means the ability to discern, distinguish, judge, and decide. So what God is saying here is the issue isn't so much that fleeting thought you have, but what if God doesn't do? The issue is really a decision, your inability to decide whether God is going to be for you or not. It's saying you don't know whether you should put your faith in God or you should put your faith in your ability to work something out. So if you go to verse 8 in that message version, it says keeping all your options open. It means instead of fully putting all your eggs in the God basket, you're choosing to keep a back door open, hoping that you're, if God doesn't work out in your favor, then you can just work something together. But God really is saying that you need to be able to make two separate thoughts two separate distinctions between his way and your way. And you've got to decide that when you are going through various trials, when you're being tested, when you're being tempted, that what you're going to do is put your faith in Jesus wholeheartedly. And when you can't, you have the wisdom to know that you can come to a father who will help you practice that good work. And the greater thing out of that, sisters, is that this has to be, this isn't just that fleeting state of mind. Again, he's saying that you won't receive it because that word receive is an active verb. It's not the passive thing saying that he's giving you something and you're just opening your hands for it. This actually emphasizes um, assertiveness in the Greek. It means that you are going to actively lay hold of. Kind of think of when the Bible says that you're going to take it by force. He's saying you can't receive all he has for you to receive if you're too busy deciding whether you're going to walk with him. If my hands are busy trying to work it out myself, then I can't lay hold of the blessings of God for me. If I'm too busy trying to do um, what, what can I do in my budget or I'm racking my brain trying to decide whether I'm really going to trust God, then I can't put my hand on what he's really asking us to do. And so when it talks about us being double-minded, that Greek word is dis. And it actually really sounds similar if you listen it, to the word psyche. And that's because it breaks down to mean two minds or two souls. And the Helps Word Study he describes it as this like a person split in half, vacillating back and forth, like a spiritual schizophrenic. So, sisters, when we're saying that we're doubting what the Lord is doing, when we're we're doubting it, he's not talking about that fleeting, passing thing. He's talking about you literally are bouncing back and forth. You're unsettled. You're anxious. You're all torn up inside. He's saying you can't lay hold of the blessing, the joy that is set before you, that another verse tells us in the Bible. You can't lay hold of that because the problem is you are double-minded. You are literally splitting your soul, and wrestling spiritually with the Lord. You are wrestling against him. So if we're going to count it all joy, we've got to first come to God knowing that he loves to help us practice his joy. He loves to teach us. And then we've got to trust, we've got to discern that God is better and his ways are better and decide to put all of our eggs in the God basket, trusting that even if it doesn't work out the way we think it would, that the way God allows it to unravel is exactly what he means and decide that we are not going to be double-minded. We are not going to walk around with two souls, two beings inside of us. We are going to be singularly-minded, single-minded for Jesus Christ. We are going to be knit together perfectly in him. Amen. Amen. Girl. (laughs) Oh, that was so good. That, That was awesome. Oh, man, I have so many questions, but I know I can't ask all of them this is so good right i'm gonna let you out yeah i'm still reeling like when when you said the part that really tore me up a little bit in a good way is when you you started unfolding the revelation that when he says don't think you can receive anything from god it's not that god isn't giving it to you it's literally you can't take it you have no space in your hands to receive it it has nothing to do with whether or not god is going to give it to you or not you literally have too much in your hands, too much in your mind to receive mm-hmm. it. I've never, when I read that scripture, I always had the same questions that you kind of talked about where I was like, well, jeez, man, I really got to get my doubt game together because those little pleading right, right. thoughts and stuff. But I'm like, whew, whew, that was good. Mm, I mean, that was yeah, so good. that's exactly how I dealt with it. I was like, God, why do you want me to speak on this? And I just, I really felt like he was like, people need to know that's not my character. You know, like. I think a lot of times because of the way we've been raised and, you know, the interactions we have with father figures in our life, we think that God is waiting to pounce on any insecurity we have, but that's not that's not the heart of a good father. Like, that's not even mm. what I see when my my very uh, human husband interacts with my daughter. So how would the good God, the perfect God, interact with me? And he's saying, like mm. he said, like, I want you to have it, but you can't decide whether you want it or not. You know, you can't decide whether – you're gonna walk this thing out, and you know that that was powerful. So I'm with you too. <laughs> oh, goodness!
0: I love how you you use the phrase "manufacturing happiness," and it's so true. Like that, that the world's way of joy, expressing joy, is really that manufactured happiness. If I get mm-hmm. the job I want, the car I want, the house I want, the, the husband and the kids that I want, and and Mm -hmm. I wear the clothes that I want, then then you'll have joy. Like, yes, you will have joy when you get all of these things, and all those things are are material things, and all these things are of the world. And the the scripture clearly outlines how we are to experience God's joy, how how we can receive God's joy. And you broke it down into three points. So I wanted to ask, like, What are some practical ways to apply um, this particular scripture to their
1: situation? I think one of the the things I've actually been practicing even in my own life is just this idea of repeating the mantra that joy is a perspective. And I say repeating, and mantra probably isn't the best word, but just kind of meditating on that idea, because I think um, sometimes... uh, when you try to set your mind on something else, it helps you naturally correct some behavior. So a perfect example is um, a couple of years ago uh, I was trying to kind of keep my mind off worrying about a test result that I was waiting for. And my husband said the way to do that is not to tell yourself don't think about the test results" because the more you tell yourself not to, you're just bound to do what you said not to do. It's just a natural mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. reaction. But the better thing to do is to point yourself somewhere else. So to say, I'm going to think about, you know, these things. And that's exactly what the Bible says. The Bible says to think on these things, think on these things that are true, that that are noble. And so that's what I would say. So when we think about joy, we think about the things we enjoy, but perspective is all about that. So what about this is enjoyable? No, my kids are crazy right now, and I really wish my spouse would come home, or I really wish I had a break. But what about this? season can I pull away to enjoy I may not be enjoying all of it but what in this moment can I find to enjoy or say joy is the perspective you know yes one day you know they will grow up we can all say that I think that's one of the most annoying things for moms with young kids is when older moms come and say girl the time will pop by so (laughs) quick and you like but I can't get no sleep because it is newborn Um, like (laughs) just retire the message but in actuality as our kids grow you know, they get to be about two when they're walking and talking, and you realize, oh, man, you don't fall asleep on my chest as much anymore. And so I'm, I'm trying to find um, the peace in those moments. So I have a four-year-old who loves to talk, and she loves to ask questions, and sometimes her questions are really kind of ones you, you're like, all right, you ain't got no business asking me that. Um, you know, mind your business, little girl. <laughs> but enjoying the fact that, okay, She wants to talk to me you know she wants Mm -hmm. to communicate with me and me knowing how to handle this well will determine whether in her teenage years she still wants to talk to me you Mm -hmm. know Mm. because you know these and that's that's just that perspective shift so I think in those moments where you feel the heat rising um I have a couple of things that I kind of keep posting on my walls and scriptures but a couple of them are just like back away Take a moment or take a pause. Sometimes it's just good to get a pause in there. And when you do those things, re- repeat to yourself, joy is my perspective. Like it's, it's, it's not a present that's given to me and wrapped up underneath a tree. It's not, yes, Jesus died for me to have it, but it's also something Satan loves to risk out of my hands, like my peace. Yeah. And these are things that are hard, they were hard won, and so they should be hard retained. So I should not be willing to relinquish them so easily. And it's not its not easy. It, it's definitely something that's near to me because it's something I'm working on right now. Um, I've been in an, a, a long season of it, it seems like back-to-back trial. And God is just trying to tell me, like, you keep holding your breath, waiting for this to be over, and you're, that's not the way to handle this. Because even when this season ends, I will elevate mm-hmm. you, and there will be trials at that level. So mm-hmm. you've got to mm-hmm. learn. To enjoy the pieces in the midst of it. So, I, I think that's the biggest tangible thing I would say. Get you a pause in there. Put it somewhere where you can see it, like on a sticky note. I write on my bathroom mirrors. I have random pieces of paper written with like crayon, taped up to the walls, um, screensavers. Anywhere you can put that in front of you visibly until it becomes second nature. Um, telling, talking to other people about and kind of just meditating on that that idea that joy is a perspective will really begin to shift your focus away from all the other things you've been magnifying, and you'll find yourself magnifying the Lord in your situation instead. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's really good. And, you know, it kind of goes right into the question that I had, which is, say you're a mom and um, – you know, you've been around so much negativity, so much toxic thinking and toxic mm-hmm. mindsets, and you're in the midst of a trial right now, and you're not really sure. You talked about how the scriptures say to think on these things, whatsoever is true, and all of those things. And but where do I start? Is my thought mm-hmm. process as this mom? It's like all I know is toxic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my go-to. So where do I start? How do I start replacing some of these thoughts with a God perspective? Well, let me just tell you, if you're a mom and you're listening to this podcast, you already got a good start um, because, thankfully, we live in a technology age, so there is a lot of access to information, um, but the primary source should be the word. So I'm going to give you a very easy site that allows you to look up things topically in the word because if, you've, if you're not really well-versed on what the Bible says where um, a Google search can lead you astray, okay, like anything else. You'll mess around and be Wikipedia in the Bible. Um, but there's a website called openbible.com. I think I'm pretty sure that's the website, but it's called Open Bible. And what you can do is you can type in anything. So say you're struggling with feeling love. You can type in love and all the scriptures in the Bible that reference love by relevance will come up sorted for you. And what I suggest you do is that as you're going through that, you begin to create for yourself an arsenal. Um, and so what these are are scriptures that tell you the truth about who God is in your life. And I'm very, very um, strong in firmness um, because I've had it in my own life. I've grown up around people who have been in the church um, and not necessarily wanted to be negative, but when you are, are part of a, a a system or a family that just goes through stuff all the time, it seems like drama follows you, it is very hard to view life in Christ as anything else. Um, but let me just start you off with saying that, that Christ died. He said he died um, that you would have life more abundantly. What that means is life to the full. He said he, he died that you would be free. So you go and you start looking up those scriptures that can speak directly to not your situation but to you, who you are as a daughter um, as a, a, an heir to the throne, um, because what you really need to do is start shifting your mindset outside of slavery and into the palace. You need to come from the pit to the palace, sister. So in order to get there, it's going to take some training. And so I'm going to reference the story of Esther. When Esther was taken, she was plucked from being basically a regular old person in the kingdom of Persia, and was put into a year-long preparation process. And I don't know how long it's going to take for God to really refine into your heart. That's his work. But I will say that she spent 12 months getting beautified, not even doing anything to her inside, just preparing her outside to be ready for the palace. Daughters, we are coming out of slavery, out of the bondage of sin and death when we accept Jesus Christ. We have to do the due diligence of preparing ourselves the same way. And it's hard to do if you don't know where to start. So You get yourself some good podcasts like Faith Mama. You find yourself, um, you go through your Instagram, hello, and kick off the people who are negative and draining you. Man, Instagram can be a source of comparison. So I don't even care if that person is positive. Shoot, if you following me and following me makes you feel like you're not living your best life, unfollow me. Um, Because you need people in your life on your Instagram feed, on your Facebook feed, in your circle that are going to be able to encourage you. And if you don't have those people physically, you can create that virtual community, which is kind of why I started the ministry that I did, because not all of us have people right next to us, but there are sisters who are willing to do, like these faith mamas are, be there with you. So you want to make sure you get yourself an arsenal. Write these scriptures down. Keep them on note cards. Again, tape them up around your house. Keep them in a note on your phone. Um, And when you feel that that negativity come on, your first step is to teach yourself to pause. And then once you get yourself in the habit of pausing, you start inserting some scriptures in there or you start going to your favorite speaker site on Instagram or you go turn on a podcast. You've got to create an arsenal. And that's for someone new to the faith or someone who's struggling with depression or anxiety. Those arsenals and that backpack will help secure your identity in Christ and help give you a place to pull that positivity from. It, it basically helps anchor your soul back to the spirit it's longed to be a part of. That is so good. And if you are listening um, and you're like, ooh, that was great, and you were kind of scrounging and trying to find that site that she said, I will make sure that I put it in the show notes. So all you have to do is go in the show notes, and you'll get tons of links um, for to start your arsenal with. Well, I am so excited. First of all, I have to thank you, Brittany, for being willing to take time out of your day to come on here and stretch us and grow us and show us that it is possible to have joy in the midst of trials. I think that was really powerful for me um, and especially the part where you you talked about how God's going to elevate you and there's going to be trials there. You know, so it's never, you know, our our mm-hmm. our focus shouldn't be get me out of this trial, get me out of this trial. Like you said, holding our breath mm-hmm. until I get out of it, because then it's like you go back underwater again, and that's not mm-hmm. living. <laughs> and you know, and what? And, it's, what? And, it's, and it's it's also the fact that there's a difference between trial and testing. Trial really mm-hmm. is like like preparing for a race. Like I do trials because the idea is that over time I should become stronger, faster, get better versus testing. Mm-hmm. Testing, and when God says he won't put more on you and your bear, he's talking about the testing. He said he won't tempt you beyond what you're able because he's going to give you the ability to withstand. So when we meet those trials, we should rejoice because it means, oh, shucks, my coach thinks I'm ready for the next level. He wants me mm-hmm. to shed this weight, shed these pounds so I can be elevated for the next season. And that that's going to require a level of dedication too. Simone Biles didn't do great at the junior level and then go to the Olympic level and get the slack off. You know, it's, it's being able to take the family have game from the previous level and use it at the next. Woo wee. Well, faith mama's, I'm excited. This is this is the start of what God is doing in 2019. He's bringing on some amazing women to stretch us, to grow us, to to transform us, to to give us his word and really allow us to dig in. So I am so excited. I can't wait. I've got my pen and my journal ready because I'm ready for all that God has in store and all that he is going to do in my life. So just in case you are listening and you are like, wait, how do I get more Brittany? Let me tell you, you can go to Instagram and follow her at from him. For home and you can check the show notes because it'll be in the show notes and you can also check out her website at www.fromhimforhome.com again all of that information is in the show notes and she is coming out with some really awesome content on a regular basis um, this is an individual that I follow regularly to be to, to build my arsenal and as well as get the encouragement and things of that nature so i i'm just excited to be able to share that information Well, also thank you so much to our podcast sponsors. Shout out to Chelsea Cura, Steve Young, Janice Young, Lisa Diggs for sponsoring Faith Mamas Monthly. If you would like to support us in spreading the word of hope, healing, and deliverance to moms all over the world, you can become a sponsor today by going to www.faithmamas.com forward slash sponsor.
0: And you can also join the hundreds of moms in over eight countries across the world and download the Faith Mamas app. It's available on Google Play and the iTunes Store. And you can get access to this podcast as well as Daily Devotionals, the Virtual Village, right at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Awesome sauce. Now, before we go, I was going to ask Brittany, can you pray us out? Absolutely. God, we thank you just for who you are. We thank you for the goodness of your word and the richness of your grace. God, we thank you that you are a good Father who really just does want us to come closer to you, and you are an active participant in refining us, God. You are not trying to beat us into submission, God. You really want to make this life that we live here on earth as ambassadors for you easier and better by leaning into the truth of who you are and your character. God, help us to live out your word today. Help us to remember that joy truly is a perspective, that it's something we can pause and allow your word to remind us of who we are in you, that we can think different, act different, speak different, and really be the light and salt that the earth desires and and so desperately needs in this time. So, God, we ask that you would just draw us close to each other until we meet again, in Jesus' name, amen.